Welcome back, everybody, to HL TV Confirmed. This is episode 20. You're all a bunch of trifling ass hoes, and I have Striker and Prof here. A, a trifling ass hoe. It's like, a, a, it's like the way that I speak to my girlfriend. I thought it would be a good way to open the show. You know, it's, it's a loving kind <laughs> okay. of vibe. So, uh, Striker, how are you doing? Is it warm where you are? Uh, it's pretty warm. It's like 29 degrees or something. Something like that. Okay. Pretty, pretty warm. It's hot as fuck over here. I had to change it's, before we started just because like I was sweaty as hell. So yeah, that's it's literally how it is. One day it's rainy as fuck. Next day peak summer, thirty-two degrees. Yeah, exact same thing. Fuck yeah. everything. So AC is there though, living AC life, and it's good. Yeah, I, I swam in my pool today, so uh, it all seems worth it at this point. It all seems fucking worth it. Anyway. We have some stuff to talk about. It's actually not a huge list of things for uh, this week's episode, but there's obviously some big things that have happened just over the weekend with the ECS going on down, but we'll kick it off as usual with the breaking news. Now, uh, I don't know, this one here is, it's not close to my heart, but maybe it's closer to yours. Prof, do you want to talk about this whole uh, Valiance crazy situation and give everyone the understanding of what the hell is going on? I don't think... I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> I don't think that's... I don't know what to say. I mean... explain what just happened. Yeah, people that, that, it's not even like the rebranding, the, the new logo and the name. I think the worst thing is if you go into the news and read the statement about like the whole rebranding, why is it like, why is it happening and the thinking behind it? That's the worst thing about everything. I'll just get the last, the closing words. Uh, we have a plucky underdog spirit, a wicked sense of humor, and we're not afraid to go against anyone. And for that reason, it's time to go hard. It's time to go crazy. That's people pay for that kind of marketing, so I can I can understand uh, how they've managed to get there. I, I, is it literally just an, a change of name? Like, is there anything else that comes with this? I'm not. I think I think there is. I think it it is more than just a name change because it's on organizational side. The whole Valiance project is an off project of a mobile developer slash mobile esports company. So the Valiance and Co was the esports team, the CSGO team. And I think they sold that, the Valiance thing was sold to another company. So they're kind of trying to find a new base and move away from that brand, I think. I think that's behind it. But going for this brand, I think is kind of, I think it's kind of funny. I think. The main part that you should have read instead of the the CEO's um, CEO's short uh, statement should have been like this, the the ending of the second paragraph, which says uh, the company's name wasn't reflecting its personality, and for that reason, change needed to happen. So basically, they just, they just went cuckoo, and so they had to change the name as well. That's I, that's how I'm feeling about this. I don't know. Just quickly, we're going to come back, everybody. We're just restarting the stream. We're having some issues that you're all clearly pointing out as annoying fucks in Twitch chat. So uh, Lucas is going to restart everything. We'll be back in one moment. Don't go anywhere. And if you do, well, fuck you. Be right back. Martin, I swear to fucking God, if you do not fire this shit cunt fucking producer and get us someone... Wait, oh, shit, we're back. Fuck. Um, all right. Sorry, guys. We're, we're back. Uh, it's looking good. We're all... We might still be lagging. It's, it's not good. He said he doesn't think so. I'm parroting what's in my ear right now. I hope everyone enjoyed that gag. That's that's basically what they, that's what they pay me for, just to do stupid shit. Lucas, are we fixed? We're not fixed. So this, 
this could be this could be the first time that we're unable to click. Could we just do audio only? And what we'll do is we'll get the viewers to animate in with emojis <laughs> what they what they think and feel. Okay. All right. So we're going we're going old school. We're kicking it old school. I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember Winamp. But Winamp is a thing that we use once upon a time. So we're going to go audio only until we fix uh, until we fix the issues that we have going on here. But that's fine. You can look at these beautiful stills of us on screen. So we were talking about Turkey 5. And uh, the, the prospects of that roster are about as exciting as... Fuck. Um, Disneyland when you're a 30-year-old man. So look, for, for everybody playing at home, there's been some issues going on in the Turkish scene. Obviously, Zara's went over towards big... Calix is doing his own fucking jam right now. Uh, they've brought on in who are they brought on in? They've uh, they've they've kept Engine right. They've got Emor. They've got uh, a couple of other Turkish players of of yeah. Paz is the best player here, definitely. I think that is Baz. that is that's right. They they haven't really they didn't hold on to Yam. Yam's out there trying to do his own thing. Uh, Calix yeah. is out there trying to do his own thing as well. That fucking standing in for Windigo was uh, something we didn't really touch on in last week's episode for, for good reason. But they've come together. They're, they're doing their, their best. And this is one of those situations where it's going to take, I think, everybody getting on the same page and you know grinding the way through. Because Turkey really has no excuse in terms of being able to practice with all of Europe. That's, that's on the table for them. So it's not a very exciting roster, but at least they've, they've put something together. Sorry about the text message, everyone. Yeah, I mean, as you said, at least they put something together because there is there is more talent than I mean the teams that they had playing like the Turkish ESL league or whatever it is, uh, not being really competitive internationally. And this is a team that can at least be a tier three, four team and play some of these qualifiers or lower tier online cups and stuff like that. So at least they put something together and they have some like up and coming players mixed with the more experienced players but overall it's not the most exciting lineup of course yeah that's like the problem is like we don't even know too much about those two players that they added basically like um, Anishan and Beyaz or however you pronounce those yeah. names yeah and they're both both like only just like appeared on the on the scene basically they're both not living in Turkey though it's like a French and a Dutch Turk I guess I think Anishan is playing some like FPL or uh, ESCA or some, something like that and that's where he kind of got his breakthrough and uh, the other guy played with French players before I know Nell uh, put out a tweet talking about him uh, having a tryout for LDLC but he didn't get uh -huh. picked instead of Roden for some reason so that's that's that that's that team and they obviously just to make it kind of funny they have six players in a team that's called Turkey 5 so <laughs> And they didn't even announce like what is their main five. They just have they have six players. Yeah, maybe they're doing that whole thing, rotating players through and, and, and bringing us to the future. That could that could be the change. Yeah, that could because be that's, what we're all that, looking for. Here. That has that has been proven that it works, right? That that's true. Um, you know what else is true? HLTV.org, We're all about equality here. Uh, have you guys been keeping up with the drama around the DreamHack showdown? Is uh, you guys been uh, reading up on I... that news? Not just sure just a bit on Twitter. I'm not yeah, exactly. really fully exactly informed. So I was reading. Uh, now, this was in my stupor this morning as I'm boarding an airplane at fucking 
5 or 6 a.m. There's a bunch of British overweight cunts traveling to island destinations so they can drink beer during their summer holidays. Um, but I was reading about something to do with a bracket change. I didn't actually get to the bottom of it, but apparently there was some form of a bracket change situation. Uh, yeah, there was something along the lines that they, they drew the bracket and then two of the favorites, it's a single elimination bracket, of course, and two of the favorites are playing in the first round. So they, instead of reseeding the whole thing, they just moved the two of them on separate sides of the bracket and left everything else as it was. So people are kind of upset about that because it wasn't really proper seeding. It wasn't fully seeded. It was something in between. So I don't know. People got upset as if okay. it, it was some collusion or something along those lines. So it was actually a, a really good change that people got upset about because uh, they were going to get knocked out in the first round because they yeah. had to seated up against a good team, right? Is that is that? I'm I'm not just... fully I'm not fully 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 sure. Like yeah, I'm, I'm not, not updated on the situation, but I would imagine it's just like the the favorites just basically alerting the organizers organizers that like this the seating is obviously non-existent. So I guess they just realized that that was a mistake. Yeah, just immediately redrew or not even redrew like process. Yeah, but I think I think it was it was a lack of communication. Of course, that is the qualifiers are not run directly by DreamPack. It's uh, I think it's the esports management site. So those guys have been running it, and there is a lack of communication about the reseed, the the shuffle of the seeds happening or whatever. So people are upset about that because it feels like something's happening behind your back or I don't know. All in all, there are a lot of different issues with servers and other things in those qualifiers as well. But I don't know. Overall, there's a bigger one though, right? There was one that was being run where uh, one of the teams they didn't realize that they could be heard chatting on the mics, and the other team could hear them the entire time while they were talking about like their money situation and uh, <laughs> what? Strats. Yeah, I'm not sure where that is exactly. I could. Was that also in, in that qualifier for that tournament? Yeah, let me let me do some digging around and see if I can I can. There are also some people are complaining about the, like the radar bug happening, as if they, you could see people through smokes. So I'm not I like I don't know how we even make that. How is that even possible to be done in a yeah in a like match. converting a change right? How yeah. the fuck would you manage to do that? It would have to be that role, running like an old version of the game as well as like old servers. Yeah, so. yeah, but it's impossible to connect to a different version of the of a server if you have a different if you have the like the newest patch you'd have to revert and I doubt people were reverting to an old old patch of the game so I have no idea what the fuck was going on there. Well, maybe we'll find it and maybe we can get talking about it. But uh, we've got to cover everything here at HLTV.org. So we've got to bring that one up. And uh, obviously, the bigger news or the bigger breaking news is, is around the format change for this Blast event coming up in LA. Now, for those of you who missed it, uh, they're going to be running semifinals, which are best of threes as well, uh, which, which kind of, in a way, makes the group stage a little bit redundant. Uh, because four of the six teams are making it through, but it's still a better change because we're going to see more Counter-Strike. Uh, there's also a venue change for that one. They've moved it from uh, like more like a stadium arena type situation to, uh, I guess it's um, like a warehouse space, right? Yeah, That's probably it's the best way to look at like it. Like storage, some storage type thing, I don't know. So first of all, I guess Striker, let's get your initial impressions on this format change. Um, Look, we'll... I, I agree with you 100% that the group stage is now even less important. Well, I want to. I don't want to say less important than it was. Obviously, it is because before it was all about the top two teams. Now it's all about just two teams being eliminated. So four teams go through. 
fairly after probably like getting maybe a couple of wins. So that's I just I guess it just highlights the the problems that we have we've already had with Ram Robin, which is that like teams are already qualified at some point and then there and then there are matches that don't matter and this is just gonna happen even more with this type of a scenario where it's only where at some point you just play for seeding basically where you're already through or you're already eliminated and you just play one side actually has some stake in the match while the other doesn't. So this all is just going to be like um, highlighted like twice as much, which is which is something that I don't particularly like about it. But then again, at least we we actually get um, a team has to win a couple of best of threes to win the event. So that's that's obviously a big improvement. It would be nice if the producer told us we're back on camera, so we weren't like fucking picking our noses or you know fisting our assholes or something along those lines. But we're back on screen temporarily. Apparently, we'll, we'll double back. down on that call with Martin after when we finish. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I think that I, I think that it's it's good and bad. Like I think that's the only way to weigh this up, right? And wh- whether it's I, it can't be worse. Right, I don't think it can be worse. I think it, it has to because it's going to give us better Counter Strike in theory, right? Because best of threes, we're going to see you know more of the more of the videos, all that kind of stuff go down. So uh, it's still something I'm torn on. What what do you think, Prof? Yeah, I think obviously the group stage now is is going to be pretty shit, and some pe- some teams are going to get going to get literally eliminated because they're playing against like some some other team is playing against a team that they don't care about the game and then they can maybe score a win that they usually wouldn't and then they would go above a team that is playing against someone else that is fighting for that survival in the group stage so i think obviously that is going to be an issue as it always is an issue with round robin but striker said this is going to happen more now because more teams go through so i think that kind of sucks and then um, they they added two best of three semifinals they didn't announce the full schedule how it's going to work, but they did say that the round robin is going to be two matches instead of three matches at the same time. So it's going to be a longer first day, and I and then I presume it's going to be second day, just the playoffs, maybe two best of threes at the same time, maybe not, I don't know. But they're trying to really fit a lot of matches in a, in a very small time frame, which makes, like, even Astralis players were complaining about it not it not being a good tournament in terms of you can't really prepare for it so it you can kind of go in and it's fairly random and now it's going to be even worse because you're playing two best of threes in the same day it's a semi-final final and you play five best of ones on the first day so it's going to be very stacked and very long days not best for the players that is also a part that they kind of they're trying to fit too much into into just two days i feel like like sure. you can't really i don't know you can't make up hot water whatever i don't understand so, i don't necessarily understand especially with the venue change what kind of a what kind of an idea they have with this i don't really understand why they moved it to obviously like busts up until now have been all about the show right the show for the um more for the for the viewers on site rather than online i feel like um because everybody just got like a team that they wanted to see um, they they got them to some, got to see every team basically, so nobody just went there and suddenly like realized okay I went here to to watch this team now I can't and now they basically like how how many tickets are they selling I don't even know how big that is. Um, I haven't it's... I haven't had a look how many tickets are being sold for that one, but um, I, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and this is um, 
This isn't a controversial opinion by any means. This is just kind of the truth of the industry at the moment. If you guys have attended a New York, a Chicago, uh, the Miami event, we saw the turnout there. We just had Dallas go down for DreamHack. Uh, we had Dallas for Pro League last year. ECS did a Dallas event. Now, those events are not brimming with North American fans by any means. Uh, the North Americans do not turn out in spades to watch CS. It just, it's just the case. Now, whether it's an oversaturization to the population or the fans of CS within the region, whether it's the cost of moving from state to state or city to city to actually be able to, to watch these events, it blows my mind how New York is not a fucking sold-out event. That should be the, one of the sickest events of the entire year, I right? Mean, it was towards the start, I think. like The first couple of events, I feel like, were, were a lot more full than like the latest one, I think. I might be wrong in this, but but from just memory, because I was there in 2018. I'm pretty sure last year I was there. I'm trying to remember, I don't even know. Um, last year I think I was there, and that was the only time that I was actually on site. But then there were two more before that. Yeah, and 16, I feel like 17, the first yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the first two, at least from what I saw, like pictures and and stuff, were a lot more full than the last one. So I'm not sure if it was just bad timing or um, or something else in, ter in terms of something else in terms of um, New York specifically. But yeah, you're right. Like Dallas, Dallas was just a small venue in general for Pro League because that was like what maybe like a thousand people at most, like in that um, Verizon theater, I think it's called. Yeah, um, I think it could. I think it could fit probably like three or four k at capacity, maybe. I I don't know, like ticket sales. Like well, that's not something that I get. It is. I get it is a small venue way. though, like compared to whatever, like a New York or, or like a but big. They would put it in a bigger venue if there was interest, though. Sure. Exactly. Probably. Oh, we'd know if it was sold out, right? Because the amount. Like, I think the, the my point here is that if I'm blast and Miami, from what it looked like at home, it didn't look very full. They it it, it looked like yeah, they're picking their camera shots very very wisely, which is you know a smart thing to do as a as a TO. It's like that I would do if I was to, to doing the same thing. Um, but when you have an event in LA, nothing is cheap in LA. Nothing at all. Um, if they're not selling tickets, if people don't want to go, I think the last thing you want to do if you're a tournament organizer is have a venue that's half empty um, or worse, right? You want to be able to make it because you have to think about this. This is not a decision that is based around what the people watching our podcast right now give a fuck about. This is a business decision based on making it look good to the people they're trying to sell television rights or sponsorships or this or it's fucking business right so the reason they've moved to this this place in my mind would purely be because of ticket sales and trying to maximize their bang for buck and the way that it would look so if you can get 300 people in this venue in an intimate environment where they get to be you know seeing everything from more of a backstage kind of vibe i get that i can sign up for that um i i could i could see all of that being uh being a positive um, I think that Counter-Strike events having to be in an arena or a theater every single time is ridiculous. I think that it's not necessarily, that shouldn't be the case. I think more intimate venues, depending on the type of tournament that we're dealing with, make a lot of sense. I don't think any of us want to see a DreamHack Masters Las Vegas situation happen ever again. No. Because that really just fucking yeah, destroys was, everything for all of us. Was. That, that was, yeah, that was pretty sad. Although, yeah, I mean, I can understand what you're saying because, like, you could also see it from the from the ticket prices, which went up like fucking some insane amounts. That's also a little bit. That's an awkward decision to me. 
like sure you you probably just want to make back like whatever you spent on on the venue or whatever i don't know what the what the context is specifically but obviously it has to be some some business decision that went into this considering that the the, the prices went up like three times as much or or whatever the, the the number was which is yeah not not a big fan of that considering how close we are to the event and apparently they didn't even upgrade the people that that already had um had a ticket for to the to the old venue so they fixed yeah. that now right yeah i think they fixed okay, that but it, it was a bad bad decision to do it like that that yeah. wasn't really that wasn't that, really nice that was the one thing that i looked at and i thought oh that's fucking rough you know because think about people who may have bought those tickets for the original venue and stuff and they've got a hotel or they've got flights yeah. or they've taken time off work or what, whatever it is and, and then they pulled that on them like for some like Everybody has a different value of money. I know that sounds fucking ridiculous, but to some people, $100, you know, to go out on a weekend, that'd be $200, right, with the ticket prices. That's not cheap. That's, that, that's you know, when we're talking about situations where that is a lot of money for some people. And if that comes into play, if that's a thought, you need, you need, you need, to, be, you need to be a little bit more uh, cautious with those kind of decisions. It's good they've rectified it now, but I think that a lot of damage has already been done. It's just, it gave people another reason to get on this fucking hate train um which you know for what it's worth i think that people need to need to kind of try and look at things from more of a business position sometimes i'm not saying it's good i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying you know maybe try and look at things from a different position once in a while but we were like the format was was kind of where we started with this one right and this is something that i would like to get uh back to and maybe maybe dig into a little bit more now i i spoke to them in madrid um, about the, uh, a format um, that, that could potentially work. Now, they have prac rooms provided for all of the players for the Thursday, right? Every single time the teams are rocking up Wednesday, uh, and then they have their media day with the backstage stuff, um, they do that extra content, they do all that kind of stuff on the Thursday, prepping everything for the weekend. Then they're rocking the Friday, and in Madrid, we actually had Friday as an arena day, and then we had Saturday as an arena day as well. Now, what I suggested to them um, was that, now you, I know you said five best of ones in a day is a lot of Counter-Strike, but I actually suggested to them to do five best of ones on the Thursday from the practice rooms, right? If you sit down and you rock five maps of Counter-Strike back to back to back, um, it's, it's not going to take up that much of the day, right? You could, yeah. do, you could probably bang it out in six or seven hours of broadcast. Now, let me just talk through this format uh, and, and what I was thinking. And, and Blast, they're already taking steps to rectify their format by adding semis. So they're one step in that direction. It's probably going to take time before, if that's if they like my suggestion. Um, but the, the part of the round robin group stage that I said was that if you do it, you make all the teams play each other and they're deciding their seeds, right? You make everybody play for a seed. No one gets knocked out in the best of ones. Everybody goes through. Everyone plays everybody. Um, you know, you have a bit more of a relaxed vibe about it all. And then wherever you get seated is how you go forward in the tournament. So for the Friday, we'd have two quarterfinals. And the teams that would play in the quarterfinals would be teams, uh, it'd be team three versus six and four versus five. That'd be your quarterfinal matchups. You'd run that back to back. You wouldn't do them simultaneously. You'd do just a standard day. You know, a viewer's getting six to seven hours worth of content. Come on in, bang it out, go home, come back the next day. And this is where you're all going to be like, oh, no, what are you talking about, Chad? But then we rock the two semifinals, which is where seeds one and two, yes, but it's a very good reason. 
It's not just the reason of, oh, you know, multiple games of Counter-Strike at once. It's that the biggest problem we have with running um, semifinals and a grand final on the same day, from my position as somebody who looks at the competitive nature of it, is that one team gets an hour break and, like, the other team gets a three-hour break while the team is playing the best of three. So what you do by playing them both at the same time, sure, it's fucking difficult to watch two games of Counter-Strike at the same time. I completely appreciate that scenario. But... If you run both semifinals at the same time, what you'll actually do is, if one goes three maps and one goes two maps, well, that's up to the teams to fucking win the games in, in a 2-0 fashion. But both teams will play at the same time, so the prep time for everybody should, in theory, be relatively the same. And then you do your blast standoff. You do that between the two teams who got uh, knocked out in the quarterfinals, so they haven't played in the arena. They play in the arena for the standoff, so now everyone... Everyone from a tournament perspective is happy because, hey, you know, we've had our time in the arena in front of the fans. We've done on the stream. Da-da-da-da-da. The fucking owners of the teams are happy. Whatever. Then you do your grand final. Both teams get to go eat a bit of fucking dinner while the standoff's happening. Go in. Play the grand final. Bang. Done. Tournament. Legitimate format. Deciding your own seating. Fucking shitload of best of threes. And we're going to have good teams there because they're, you know, they're blast teams, right? That was what I suggested, and if they get to that eventually, it that's a three-day tournament that that I think people would find a hard time complaining about that format. I would well, fucking captain that format. I can I can find one flaw with it, which is just the fact that any sort of group stage with seeding doesn't really, or like where there's essentially nothing real to play for. Like, sure, yeah, you can skip like a a playoffs round, but obviously only two teams get to do that, so that means. The remaining four basically just played for seeding, and that to me isn't particularly exciting. Oh, it's just sorry, not... I forgot one step. Okay. This this might, and I know it probably in the meaning of that tournament at that time, it's 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 nothing. It is a nothing. Um, but because they're doing this global final situation, every team whoever plays in the blast, for example, let's say NRG ends these ones that aren't don't don't have the agreement with blast. Um, Every team, wherever you place in the group stage, so every win you get is a cumulative of points yeah. for your ranking to go to the global final. That would be one way so the the seeding situation actually helps itself um, and can lend itself to being a little bit more vital. You could even add prize money in per win if you want, like they did at... Um, uh, yeah, summit. So we all yeah. know we all know that players don't give a fuck about the prize money. Yeah. So I thought you know uh, to, to actually even, even like long term, like outside of majors, like outside of making it to the next major and stuff. That's that's something that's been put almost too much focus on. Outside of that, I don't think anybody cares about like even think back to like 2015 where we had what was it like an invite to an invite to the next land on the line or something. I think it was Star Series. I don't want to I don't want to misspeak. I think it was one of these tournaments like the way back like four years ago. Where that event, like a third place decider had, and that was ESG Mykonos, and then the second event never happened. That that too, that had it very recently. Actually, yeah, that's true. ESG had it never happened. Obviously, yeah, like you say. (laughs) But that's the thing. Like long term, like an invite to the next land or something, that's probably going to happen in like six months. Nobody really cares about that, and especially the viewers don't like in the moment of the match. So for them to to have like a motivation to watch these matches that that essentially mean nothing uh, of substance in the moment is not is not great so i feel like that would take away from from the viewership quite a lot i mean you still get the viewership on the next two days so who gives a fuck yeah, yeah you only, you only get, like but that. that's a, that's the thing what what i said at the beginning i just i just think with two days they can't do better than what they did now 
but I still don't think it's ideal, and I still think pl players will be complaining about it. And not uh, the thing about five best of ones in one day, usually, usually you just play it back to back, but now they're going to split it up so it's only two games at the same time, so sometimes you'll have a break, which is good in terms of preparation and good in terms of like having some rest between the matches. But at the same time, that then prolongs the whole day because then instead of five hours, five best of threes, times like one one and a half hour for for a match you'll have like 11 hour on an 11 hour day from start to finish and some teams will maybe play the first and the last match which is kind of which kind of sucks but whatever we'll see yeah, yeah look there, there's obviously lots of pros and cons and mainly cons i suppose about about the whole situation and uh it, it's people are very vocal about it i think that they're not going anywhere so my view on the situation is and 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 i i want to make this clear to people at home like my job as an analyst or a color commentator or whatever the fuck you want to call me just because i work their event so that Rant i can machine. put money huh Rant machine yeah whatever just i work i work any for anybody right like I, the only company i won't work for is like fucking efrag but just because i work their tournaments doesn't mean i'm like complicit to the things that they're doing right like i'm just a fucking mercenary i go around i talk about a video game that i fucking love so i feel like people like because i i'm looking at some of the comments like when is anders gonna say things the fuck like just because anders consulted for them doesn't mean that anders should be coming out to be defending them or saying anything it's not anders job to do that right so it's just i think that like there's a lot of the community obviously want to latch onto things and they want somebody to blame and stuff. But overall, if we can come up with a solution where everybody wins, you know, we get Counter-Strike that's competitive. It doesn't feel like teams that are not attending tournaments, which we would prefer them to be at. If we can sort all that kind of stuff out, then we're, then we're in a good place. So let's hope that things change and evolve and everything uh, get, gets better. But I, are we fixed, Lucas? Okay, so... Lucas is not fired, um, and yet because the because the show is live, you know I <laughs> after so the show happy, we'll see. I was so happy that the webcams weren't working because I ordered food um, and it just arrived, and I was like, "Fuck, I can eat! Fuck, I can finally eat!" But uh, yeah, we're back. So thanks, <laughs> thanks, Lucas. Um, all right, plans, rude. Before we started this evening, I came on and I said to everybody, "I said if I die, it's probably going to be of stress." Now. It might not be me who will die of stress. It could be Lucas. Um, he just... <laughs> <laughs> the sounds. Uh, uh. Okay. I don't know if anyone's still with us, but I got to eat a little bit, and my burger's really good. And anyway, we're not going to talk about the topic we were talking about, <laughs> because we're going to assume that's what was killing the stream. And we're going to move on. We're going to move forward. We're going to, we're going to take a big step in life. And we're going to be talking about the old guard. Now, what we mean with this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is that ECS, MIBR, Astralis, and NIP, they all really, really, really fucking struggled to the point where they didn't get out of the group stage in an eight-team tournament. The fact that all three of those names did not make it out of the group stage of an eight-team tournament is wild is fucking insane and i don't know where we want to start i think I mean, maybe we can start from the bottom i think I yeah, let's go with nip then 
Yeah, both of them finished last. I mean, NIP, I don't think... NIP is definitely at the bottom. Definitely at the bottom. Well, I guess not compared to expectations, because, like, we just know NIP to be... True, true. ...to be volatile as fuck. And true. just, like, not, not knowing what to expect from them any event that they go to. This time, it was just Rez being really bad, and I think that that played a big part. Also, Forrest that played a really bad event. So those two just, like, having... There's some of their worst events in a long time, if not ever, and just combining there. Um, I feel like that's a big part of it. I think, because yeah, they, they both have their worst events literally ever, and by a significant margin. Like, it's like 0. Like 0.54 a, for S0.62 for Forest. That's yeah. just insanely low. Like, if you put, like, I love, Hun- I, I love Hunden, but if you put Hunden in this tournament, he'd finish with like a similar rating. That's, that's how poor individually they did. Probably but that's but I don't like, think it's I don't even think it's like the individual part is obviously an issue, but like their T sides were so bad, so so they were I I can I cannot explain how bad that was. It was especially that NRG train train now is very C decided fair, but even when they got entry kills, they their mid round was just non-existent. They were just like waiting around. Not not even having map control, not even guarding that map control, just like chilling and then going on one side when it was mega obvious what was going on. I, I wrote down some stats of NIP's T side. Obviously, they played NRG and then they played Astralis. Astralis CT side pretty good as well. But their T side win rate, 17.6%, which is disgusting. Oh, one in five rounds, okay. Less than that. One in one their in six. F- 5v4 T side is 37.5%. So usually when you get the entry, you have like 60 to 70% conversion rate. They had 37. 35, 11%. Usually about 20 to 30%. Multi-kill. So any player on the team getting a multi-kill counts towards like multi-kill rounds. They had 0.38 multi-kill rounds on the T side. So like every third round, one guy had two kills. Like everything was catastrophic for for nip yeah uh it wasn't great we look at the agile situation in this i don't know well okay so i we did you get it confirmed i didn't get it confirmed i should have asked him during the show match but i didn't get it confirmed so basically during one of the segments in the monitor in front of me on the desk is the preview of what's coming up next so it's what the producer has like loaded in Actually, it wasn't. We weren't even live yet. I think we were still. I think we were still. The 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 broadcast wasn't live, and I could see a camera with them doing the veto. And I was like, "Why the fuck is Get Right doing the veto?" And I was like, "What? Like, what's going on here?" Like, and I saw it, and then he was sitting in the middle, and I thought that doesn't make much sense. And then it kind of just all clicked. And and now Nico said that he thinks he's been in game bleeding for some time. Now, some time is like what my mum used to vague. say to me, right? It, when I used to go to mum, I used to go, mum, how long until the, the fucking plumber comes over? I never swore at my mother, so I would never have said fucking. And I definitely didn't sound like that. <laughs> and but you didn't you, ask when the plumber is coming. That's obviously yeah, not a the, question you're asking your mom. The plumber was my dad anyway. So <laughs> any, the point here is... Uh, That's a weird thing to call your dad. <laughs> The the reply the reply to a vagity like that would be um, how long is a piece of string 
right? Which, which the, what's that establishing is, you know, what, like what's the context of what we're talking about here? So Nico saying how long could literally mean anything, right? Like, like a, like a long time or, or some time or whatever. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be anything. Now, if get right is in game leading, I don't, I don't know what NIP are going to do. I think that's it. Like, I think I, I, that's not on the basis of get right being the in-game leader that's just on the fact that now it feels like if they've gotten to that point it's over like yeah this team is done this team is 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 uh is finished and and uh, i always talk about them as a team you know who are happy with being in the top 10 that's fine i think that's fine but i think that there is ambition and, and drive from players in the team who want to go further so i think that we'll probably see some changes happening um in terms of their event performance extremely poor they won't be a pro league finals they have to actually fight for relegation they won't so i guess you know the next time we'll see them will be cologne um it's it's i think it's always been a slow decline for the ninjas but there have been a couple of times where they've bounced back and given us hope that they'll always be hanging around now it kind of feels like we're in a bit of a a virtus pro type situation unfortunately yeah it seems like a desperation move to just put get right on the in-game leader role to maybe like unlock some new level but i think that also shows what you said, that they still have ambition to be better than what they were. Because if they were happy with just being a top 10 team, they wouldn't have changed it. Because they were pretty stable there as a team that was making like playoffs of big tournaments. And that's the, like, the, the peak that they could achieve, right? So I think they obviously wanted to do more, but this backfired very, very roughly. And uh, yeah. I don't know. I think if Getright is leading, it had to be like more than it had to be before Dallas because I there's I don't think they're practicing a lot there with Peta, so it had to be at least like two weeks or so, something like that. But I I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't look good. So it, could mad. Be, it could just be coming from like Rodo, to be honest. Like the how many times have we seen like players, you know, taking up the mantle and and like obviously having no experience with it beforehand. And then just like giving it up in a couple of months because they realize it's taking away from their game and whatever, they're not actually fit to do it and stuff like that. So it could easily, just as easily be coming from Lacro himself saying, okay, like I, I tried it out. I don't think it's it's really fitting me or whatever. And then just like who who takes it then? Like Dennis, we've, 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 we've had that before. You don't want to give it to Forrest. Like nothing against the guy. I, don't, I just don't think he's like a any sort of leadership type. You just want him to be at the front and just like headshotting people. Uh, and Rez... I don't, yeah, I don't really think that he's um, he's fit to lead as well. So literally, literally, just gives you one player left, which is get right. So yeah, I it's definitely not ideal. We've already seen him try it with like the earliest version of NIP, if I'm not mistaken. I did it like in 2016 or something. I feel okay. like maybe I, I'm trying to remember when this was, but I know there was like a, a very short period where he tried it, like maybe a tournament or two. And then it just went back to I don't I don't remember what the what the situation was. That's the thing, um, but yeah, that's uh, obviously it hasn't really worked out. So yeah, I not 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 glad about this situation and an IP for sure and changes. I hundred percent agree. I, uh, the I'm changes gonna, are coming. I'm gonna go out here and and say something about Fnatic as well because I know they made the final of Sydney. I know they made the final of Star <laughs> Series. Here we go again. But if they're coming around to my house to try and sell me on their team, I'm not buying it. Like I'm closing the door. Like I, I'm, I, they're they're not convincing in the way that they approach the game. And I'm probably being a harsh critic here, but Fnatic don't look like they have 
an idea of how they want to go about CS. Like they have individuals who can do some crazy awesome things, but it doesn't feel like they have a solid game plan. Like, and we we spoke about it on the show not long ago, right? Basically, their game plan is fucking shit up and hoping it works out, right? Like, I'm paraphrasing here. That's definitely not what was said by any means, but that was the gist of, of, uh, of, was it an interview? I forget. My memory's my memory's what? fading on me. With Fnatic, where they said about their play style, right? You know, it's to cause chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was so, some interviews, some sometime. So with that in mind, like if if the, that's not really a play style, right? I I I don't know. Anyways, if if Fnatic struggle in this qualifier and they don't get through, obviously to the major, uh, we might see some roster changes happening and, and the Swedish scene getting a bit of a, a much needed mix up because there needs to be a breath of fresh air. Obviously, we have Brolin at the moment. I'd say Crims is the best Swedish play, player uh, in the scene. Like I, I, apart from like a massive change where like literally like somebody just says, "Okay, let's just put like the best we fucking can." And everybody agrees to it, and and like some sort of super team actually comes of it. Outside of that, I just don't see a way out of this for Sweden. Honestly, I don't see enough players to mix up, or like enough combinations, or a good enough combination. Outside of like some just like literally putting together like the best players and prospects, like let's say Brolin Crims, maybe like keep Forrest in there because he's he's probably been the the, the most consistent outside of this event. Um, but just like out of NIP, he's probably been most consistent. He's obviously, despite his age, he's definitely still got um, got what it takes to compete because we still see him put up pretty big numbers every now and again. And then like um, just trying to figure out. But then you still go up against the IGL and un- unless you, you get Golden back, I also don't see who else they could take because I'm not, I'm not well versed on the, like, the lower tier of Sweden. I'm not sure if there's any other um any other like up and coming igl like outside of somebody like campus or something um who i don't even know how how good of an igl he is yeah i don't think he is uh he's he's just like one of those puggy igls from what i heard so not like the worst part is i could see just like some prodex come back again and it's just like some team forming around him again of course now now that he announced his retirement officially that's, that's that's exactly why but yeah, it's just I I just don't see a way out of this for Sweden, honestly. Like I I don't know what kind of a lineup they could put together, um, that or even two lineups if we wanted to to keep both Fnatic and an IP kind of like on a competitive level. And I mean, with some even sort of even if you even if players agree to it, like which organization would have the money to buy out everyone else? I I don't think either of those organizations have or want to spend. Maybe want is the better word. Want to spend like. 200, 300, like half a million to buy out like two, yeah. three players, which are surely the buyouts for these players. Yeah, they're not going to be cheap. So yeah, it's I mean, just, especially it's with just not going to happen. Having like three having deals, like three right? year contracts or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I could probably see Brolin, Brolin's contract not being that long anymore since he's been with the team for what, like a year now? Almost a year? Or close to it somewhere. So I could see his contract now being as valuable as those two, but just still in general i'm not yeah that's the thing like i don't see a way out of this well other than the swedish mess we had a couple of other messes to deal with from the ecs situation mibr uh look no big longer... you, you took a big l on that one yeah, yeah. you're yeah. bringing them up a lot uh, and i was like i i i'm pissed at myself for not saying it but just in general like mibr whenever there's there's big excitement about them like yeah, they had so much time to um, to get back on track. Like even with the previous lineup, where they still had the um, the Americans, the, the couple of Americans, and then they had a couple of months. I don't remember which period that was. 
And then we thought, like, okay, this was the time for them to step up, obviously. The, and then they crash out the next event. I'm trying to remember when this was, but it was at some point last year. Like, towards the end of last year, before they, they, they actually just pulled the plug and said, fuck it, we're not going with this with this uh, lineup anymore. And I feel like until MIBR actually actually proves something, I'm just not going to... I'm not gonna take that bait yeah. anymore. Like this is this is the last straw for me. I'm doubling down. They're gonna win Pro League. <laughs> win the Pro League finals. Uh, I I That's couldn't the, yeah. believe that North game, man. Why did they keep like mix buying and hero? It was like that's the thing. Like they realized like something like six rounds into that T side that that just like running around is not gonna take. It's not gonna do it. And by that point, North was just so rolling so much. That that it was just too late for them to for them to 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 complete it. So yeah, that's that's one of the parts. But then they they also um, obviously had to lose the complexity, which was which is a massive loss. Like sure, it was a close series, but like complexity is a team that literally just changed the game leaders and got in a, a new player who, by the way, carried them in that game as well. Which is pretty funny. Oh, oh bo, yeah. I'm, I'm on that train. I'm on that train. Like, why on, not? Yeah. Okay. Fuck MIBR for for the next couple of months until I see something from them. I'm on the oboe train right now. Uh, look, we last week on last week's show, uh, obviously the the complexity stuff happened. Uh, had it happened at that point? Yeah, it was it was live while we were talking. Ah, that's right. Out. So we didn't talk about it too much, but basically it was one of those situations where I was like, well, it looks like they've just changed their game leader. They've just done this. Ricky hasn't played. Da 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 da. Over comes in, and the whole thing from our perspective, and it has to be, it has to be from everybody's perspective. I don't give a fuck what camp you're in. You can't put stock in that. So. If they came in and they lost to everybody, we'd be like, yeah, well, that's what we expected. But they came in and they performed admirably. So we're obviously going to sit here and say, yeah, good shit, right? So it was kind of a win-win for complexity in this scenario. Even if they like lost every game 16-0, I don't think anybody would have even batted an eyelid. Be like, yeah, of course, you know, like they're first in good teams. But they put up a really good fight. And um, I think, I don't want to say it's promising, I want to say like the 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 future for Oboe is promising, but if Complexity can you know put some pieces of the puzzle together, Def looked much better individually. I don't know what you guys thought, but from a from an individual standpoint, like normally he's like middle of the pack kind of thing, and he oh, he still was middle of the pack, but I felt like he was having a lot more impact. Maybe in game leading and him agrees, um, but we didn't have Complexity really on the list here to talk about. We were do we have much about MIBR? I don't know. I just feel disappointed. Please. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I feel like if they won that North game, like as quickly as they could have, that would have been because like they were what twelve three up, and then they won the pistol. They were fourteen three up, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah they were fourteen three up on him. And you, and you sent me the message, Cold Zera twenty six two because I have it. Twenty six kills, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I had him in fantasy, and I, I was like, oh nice. I wasn't there. I was at the dentist. I'm like, oh nice, getting free points. And then I go out to the dentist, I look at the score, and it's like, the match is still live. Like, what the fuck? They're it was just overtime. a classic game where, like, you're up so much that you just, like, half-ass strats and stuff like that. That kept happening, like, until it was maybe, like, 14-10. And it might be I realized, okay, yeah, this is not this is not really going our way, is it? Then Code Zero, like, the only round that they won on that T-side was, like, Code Zero just, like, appearing again. Or was that in overtime? Maybe it was in overtime. I'm just fixing things up. But still, it was just like a, such a shit show on that on that T side for MIBR, and largely because they just underestimated the fuck out of North at, 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 at that fourteen three point. Like that's how that, can that, that happen the, though? The I, I, that cannot happen. It still like, happens. They, they like, even it's... said it themselves like ten times. Like 
we are not the team we used to be. We need to take like every step of the way, take every opponent seriously, take the NA online games against Singularity seriously, because if not, they're going to beat us. We lost games to them. Like we are mega focused now. And then they like drop a 14-3 lead and lose to complexity. I like I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like they're individuals that you expect you need them to play good. They played okay. Like Colzera played very well. Fallen played okay. Fur played okay. And then you had Taco and Phelps didn't really do that much. And it's like the classic MIBR, but then they didn't do what they needed to do. And that is win matches. So what the fuck happened? I, I just I'm just wondering what would have happened if they actually closed out that, that game because I feel like they that must have just tilted them off the planet like instantly at that point like they they must that must have been pretty bad yeah but they had, the team like, after that. had like a whole day to recoup that's from true it. That's they true. also got like gifted a team obviously you can't know anything about complexity but going into that you should just be able to beat them right like you, you should, have like you, you should. have everything on them like you have the talent on them you have the preparation you have like the smarts. Um, and just like even strats, like the amount of strats that you have, they literally had nothing. So that there was like there was like such a small percentage um, for going with the way of complexity. I don't understand. I really don't. And it feels like it's just like down to confidence in MIBR at this point. Like it's nothing else. It has nothing to do with preparation anymore. It's just um, once they they feel like they're not up to it, I, I feel like they just crumble. All right. Well. We got the big one here. We got everyone's favorite topic, and I'm sure the uh, the fans. Blastralis. Yeah. So, Astralis, come on in to what many, uh, or mainly probably just me, uh, was thinking was a must win for them if they wanted to be able to. I mean, every, everyone that I think is reasonable thought that. It's about it's about retaining the form that they've had in the past, and that's gone. Right. We've got. Uh, Miami, we've got Madrid, and now we've got ECS Season 7 Finals where they went out for the first time in the history of this roster, I believe. Yes. In the group stage. In the group stage of an eight-team tournament without the world number two or three in attendance. They were punching monitors, getting frustrated... That's pretty, that's pretty normal in device if you're talking about that moment. Oh, mate. Device mate. Did, does it, did, did it even when they were fucking dominant as hell. He's just like, whatever, he fucks up something and he just punches the monitor. That's yeah, nothing but, new. But, but, device on. punching the monitor? Yeah, device punches the monitor all, all the time. Have you not seen that before? I, I saw like Dupree. And He's just like, like not, not like big time, but, but it just like, just like gives it a bit of a nudge all the time. We've got like, to, I've uh... seen him do it so many times. Like even last year, even in the last year, I wouldn't take too much from that. No, it's just you're doing it wrong. wrong. You're doing it wrong, Striker. We've got to over-exaggerate this or it's not as exciting. <laughs> Never happened before. Oh, yeah, Dupree, I, Dupree and Device are both like monitor punchers for sure. But Magus had, Magus had uh, or has glandular fever, and I don't know if any of you have ever had glandular fever before. You feel like shit. Like you have yeah. literally no energy. And to travel with glandular fever, Jesus Christ, that would fucking suck. So um, that's a really He's doing rough well, though. Like he was, he was doing all right. Yeah, well, I, I'm not saying it would detract too much like from a sitting down type of video game performance scenario, but uh, I think, you know, just your general feeling is probably not going to be too great, and you wouldn't want to be getting close to your teammates, uh, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest standouts for me was the same thing that I saw happen in, in Madrid. They just look sloppy. 
they didn't look like the well-oiled machine that you know was the best team in the world for the entirety of a year they just looked all over the place missing grenades they were not trading very efficiently they were very spread out in a lot of scenarios they're getting caught off guard consistently it just wasn't the same team anymore and obviously that's going to come when you're not playing a lot of officials right that has to be a factor you can play scrims but you're going to get away with a lot more in a scrim than you are in an official so to get tuned up ready to play an official you need to be competing a little bit more often than not i'm not saying you need to be playing every tournament but you just need to be playing you know more than once a month kind of thing a little bit more so i i think that astralis right now if you're going to write them off you might be doing yourself a bit of a, a disservice there you might want to wait and see what happens at Pro League because they, there's a very high probability that they just bounce back. I'm not saying they're going to win the tournament, but they could definitely bounce back with really strong form. But this is, this the, it's it's not the same Astralis anymore. When we talk about this team, it's not that we, it doesn't come with the same hype. They've lost the gloss. They've lost the excitement. They're uh, they're just another team now, unfortunately. They just lost like even look at how how they lost like for example the new first new to actually both nukes was it. Or weren't they up a lot on both nukes? The first one for sure, they were... They had I a decent lead and then they had on really, the second really one, Fury had like an eight round CT side streak after uh, winning the yeah. force buy. And that's the thing, like this, these these types of scenarios are something that we would say, Astralis are like the team that it never happens to them, like they never let something like that happen to them, where somebody come comes back on them, like outside of that Renegades comeback on Mirage from like 14-6 or something like that at the Major, was it? Major qualifier, I think, was yeah, yeah. like the first stage of the major. Like that was like the only, the first and only case where Astralis ever dropped lead like that and and allowed anything like that, anything close to that to to ever happen. And for them to for that to happen to them twice at the same tournament, like to the same team as well, and for them not to be able to learn from that um, from the first time around, that's the that's the big part for me. That like uh, that kind of like hints at the, this not being the same team that we saw for for the majority of last year. Yeah, I mean, I think it just proves that we had to see them play before we could say that they are still the like the elite team that yeah. they were before. It, it's not a, I mean, we we keep saying it's a break, but it wasn't that big of a break. It's just like they played blast tournaments. They didn't play that much there. So we didn't really see them play that much. If those tournaments were big tournaments, then we wouldn't really be talking about oh, a big break. But still, yeah, I think... The thing is that they really needed to earn their like number one spot and the number one spot taken by Liquid was legit. So I think that was proved, but at the same time they did show some of the same qualities they had, but but it's just what Sponge said. They they were sloppy, they weren't that drilled, they weren't I don't know, focused, I don't know, just like match ready, didn't play an, a lot of enough matches in in the month to be on point as they were before. The the first Fury game the first nuke, the best of one, really came down to the clutches. I think overall, Astralis, they were getting ca caught off guard by some of those things that I didn't think they would be from Furia. But then it came down to the clutches, like Furia won like a three or four of them. And then, yeah, the second game as well, like Mirage, they won. Nuke, again, the comeback shouldn't happen. But it's still, they only lost to one team, which is Furia. And that is a team that is on the rise and pretty fluctuating. We can we'll be talking about them, I guess, after this. But that doesn't mean like Astralis are shit now. Like they're not shit. They're yeah. they're gonna be in the contention for a top four, I think, easily at Pro League.
Yeah, um, I... but 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 just like giving them the first spot and saying everything else is a disappointment. I think that is what what we'll have to like tone down a bit now after this performance. Yeah, I agree. They're just they're uh, there's no way they're just a run of the mill team. They're still you know a top five team in the world. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind they're going to bounce back. It's just uh, that I guess the gloss is gone. But uh, there was something I was I just read someone's comment about Cologne's going to be so epic with so many good teams. Um, if Liquid qualify. The amount of storylines that we would be having for Cologne would be fucking colossal. Like, I, I can't. Let, let's just double check all the teams at Cologne right now. Well, Navi, Astralis, Liquid, that's, is that Liquid is, Liquid is, is not there yet. They, but the well, qualifier, but I'm, I'm just the qualifier is pretty bad. The, the teams for the qualifier came out, and uh, they didn't even like Heroic and Avangar are playing. Still didn't play the match that decides the last spot, except the qualifier. So, and neither of those te- teams are in the qualifier, so they're like two decent teams. And the teams there are Liquid, G2, Hellraiser, Spirit, Windigo, Sprout, No Chance, Movistar Riders. Okay. Like, if Liquid doesn't win this, like, G2 is the only team that has a chance. Other than that, like, if they lose to anyone else here, I- I'll, I don't know. Okay, so let's assume that Liquid get in, which would, would make uh, everyone in the world happy. You got Vitality, right? They're definitely a top five team in the world right now. Zaiwu MVP performance just there at ECS, looking hot. Everything seems to click. They look like they had confidence, obviously playing Fury in the grand final. Um, we're going to get to that one soon. Astralis, you know, found themselves in a little bit of trouble, but now they're on the way back. They're grinding. They're back at work. They're fucking got their miners' helmets on, and they're in their mine every day. Ants! Just that stable motherfucking base that can pop off any moment. FaZe Clan, they've added Neo, the one. Who could have thought that this was a match made in heaven? Olaf's back, <laughs> Reigns back, Guardian's here, and Nico. He just needs one more step, and away he goes. MIVR, you know, the grind, the Europe. They've come back to the place which has made them who they are today, and now they're boot camping, and who knows? It's not going to there. NRG. The true potential of Tarek is being felt. It's being energized. It's being brought on in, and Mr major winner i don't know fuck that one's not exciting navi they come <laughs> along boomich is there he's fragging maybe they win some games renegade <laughs> faction he's back they've had time to practice they're looking good they're back to their major form mouse sports everyone's got to be excited about mouse sports those guys are fucking units and then furia the hype train let's hope it continues and they don't shit the bed in a couple of easy tournaments coming up in the next couple of weeks but all in all Cologne right now, from a storyline perspective, has some legit fucking names. That's insane, assuming Liquid yeah. qualify. Look, like if we get Liquid to qualify, or even if we don't, especially actually, maybe especially if we don't get them there, I have no fucking way how that's gonna go. Like, who's gonna win that tournament? Like, even if Astralis win win, win in, in um, Pro League now, or or at least get close to winning, like we're not gonna instantly just expect them to to be back. Um, it's wide at, open, the, right? at their level, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be one. So of it's gonna be like Vitality, Astralis, and Snavi with potentially like just like some sort of resurgence with Boomich, or even Mouse Sports like potentially like having having some sort of a say, or Furia like if if they just continue this rise and then then obviously they just made the final here, so they might have have what it takes to to do like a solid top four and have a chance for a title or something. I think so like, like the if last time like that's been going to be crazy. Something like when was the last time something was I mean we'll still see after the, these a couple events what so the this is going to be is. the best event of the year but not even the year like, when was a tournament this wide open if, just from 
like this well moment. i mean it's hard it's hard to it's hard like to even if you go back like to like you had astralis when you had astralis yeah, so dominating it has to be before that so it, like even, you go to katowice that's not th that wide open i think you had three maybe three i don't four remember teams. what what teams were there it's like everyone was there everyone was there at the time yeah astralis phase fanatic uh cloud nine liquid yeah but at that point, yeah, that's the thing. At that point, none of these teams were like title title contenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck it. That <laughs> sponge just had to tweet it out right away. Yeah, what thought about getting it out there. All right, well, let's keep oh, this yeah. moving because okay. we're only on the second topic. Uh, Lucas hasn't said anything in a while. I guess he's fucking punched a hole in the wall or some shit. We're going to move on to talking he's about digging, vitality. Digging for himself, probably. Vitality and Furia here, obviously the grand final of uh, ECS. In case you missed it, you can go watch all of the uh, the demos, the VODs, all that kind of stuff. But um, uh, let's start with Furia. Uh, I, yep. I think, obviously, everyone remembers uh, not that long ago when they were playing and they were looking hot to trot in terms of strategies around the major. I was trying to highlight some of them. I don't know how many people took notice of them, but I... My interests were perked there. Uh, I, I thought it was, was good stuff that we were seeing. And then moving into this tournament, you know, the, we obviously had the Caserato thing with MIBiago down, so you knew that there was some, they were looking and they could see talent, right? They wouldn't be looking at a player like that if they didn't see talent. But I think the most surprising thing to me is how deep the talent runs. Now, we can criticize their play style being a bit one-dimensional or a bit streaky, which is fine, but they beat Astralis twice or nuke twice, and they've made it to the grand final of a tournament of this caliber, and this is like their first crack at it. You know, like they've just they've just shown up and they're fucking doing it. I I think it's it's hugely impressive. Uh, now it's going to become the true test with all this. Uh, the more events they've got going, they're going to have to settle into playing bigger tournaments, all that kind of stuff. It's gonna that's going to be the real test for me, not what they can produce. Um, whether they can produce it under the new circumstances of all this travel. What are you guys thinking? Look, uh, the main impressive part for me is obviously in the, in Dallas they they made it a lot on the back of like big performances, like people you know taking taking turns in in who's who's um, like putting up those big numbers. And a lot of the time it was Art just his crazy playstyle actually working out. I guess even more than than not. And the impressive part about ECS for me was that Art was not there for from the majority of the event like he had one really good game against north in that overtime on, on overpass but outside of that i i watched pretty much every single game of them if i'm not mistaken and i saw him like, be completely out of a half like being with like two kills and like nine opening deaths or something like that in one like one of those inferno games or or whatever it was and for 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 furia to actually be, be able to make this far without him uh this time i, I that's the impressive part for me and none, none of their players actually were like massive, massive stars across the entire event. Like, sure, they took took turns a little bit, but none of them were consistent. Like outside of maybe Caserato. Uh, yeah, Caserato was the best player with a one point oh four rating, if I remember. I checked it this morning, so that just goes to show how weird it was. But I think Sponge touched on it on the desk about their playstyle kind of being very, very snowbally and stuff like that. So they. Even if they get a kill, they don't get like all of the kills, but people just save and stuff like that. 
But they, they are a pretty crazy team. Like they're they are the team you really want to watch. And why is someone spamming on Teamspeak? Why is Lucas getting fired the fourth time in, in the same day? Uh, all in all, definitely. Uh, what to say? Weird team, and definitely in terms of in terms of teams that beat them and teams that they beat, it kind of doesn't make sense. But it does make sense at the same time. Because uh, I think Art even said it in an interview that he they kind of struggle against teams that do random stuff and that don't yeah. have like a very like classic CS uh, approach with very tactical depth. Because there is also that interview where he said about, I don't know what the map was. I think uh, the, the Inferno pick against North that they did. He said, even though it kind of didn't make sense based on the on the histories of the maps and both teams, he simply said, "Oh, I thought I could abuse their B hold and how they play B, so I picked picked that, and they did abuse the B hold, and that's how they won the game." So their play style is very like anti-strat based or based on like things he notices, and sometimes if you play against a team that's like NRG, which is a team that we define as a very defaulty team that just plays off the off the strengths of their players then i think maybe that is a thing they'll be struggling against and that has a lot of implications going forward against if we go to the tournament that played next against moke excel where they'll be playing they'll be the biggest favorites there and a lot of like tier two teams that play like the default cs and kind of random cs are going to be there that how are they going to de deal with that it's going to be very very difficult i feel like yeah well they've dealt with all the teams of that caliber wow they're maybe a bit better than that caliber i won't put them in that bucket um from mountain dew league right they've been winning every single game in the in the mountain dew league season 30 they only lost like one map or something right or were they undefeated i forget yeah but either way i think we need to when i say we i don't mean the two of us I, the, th the two of you and me and i mean just counter-strike in general Let's not overhype this situation. Let's just take it for what it was. This was two back-to-back -back tournaments where they were able to produce, right? And they did. They produced in the moment. Now, watching their games and looking at what they did to North by literally just rushing long on overpass or, yeah. you know, Art pushing in front of a smoke every round that North tried to zone off Banana with a smoke and then try and contact onto A or explode onto A with four guys and they were running into a four stack. Those kind of plays, like those, they're obviously contrasting. They're not the same ones from the T side, ones from the CT side, but they take a lot of faith and a lot of risk. I think what happens as soon as they get rattled, like obviously the final is a different situation, but when they lost that uh, 2v4 on the B bomb side and RPK just strolled out from fucking coffins against three free kills and Able J's just still sitting bottom of apps, not doing anything. Like I understand he was containing because I guess at that point they're assuming they're going to save. Um, but when they lose a round like that, they probably should. It probably is a massive hit. Because back when I used to play and the strats that I would call, I would be able to get away because no one had played against me on the top tier, right? Because we're playing in Australia and then we come on over and I can make as many geeky strats as I want and then I can come and use them. It's like having a bunch of gimmicky strategies. Now, 
they are a lot more well-rounded than that. Don't don't get me wrong here. But you could run the same strategy three or four times in a game, but with just different tweaks. And you could snowball off of that, especially if they're quick strats, because you catch them on the first gun round. Done. Okay, they're eco. Okay, uh, you get to the next gun round, you run the same thing as a bit of fake. They lose that. They're like, fuck, you know, they didn't prep it probably. At that point, you're already up in the game fucking seven plus rounds, right? Like, it's very, it's, it, it's, if it's something that you don't know how to adjust to straight away, it's very easy for teams to get up to big streaks of rounds. For them to beat an Astralis in a best of three, that completely negates the point that I'm making here. But for them to be able to do it like in more contained environments, I think that they, they have so much depth in the way that they can approach certain situations. Like they understand how to play off each other, they understand what to do, but they have just this really fast gear. And with that gear, it's, it's like, it's like no one can catch up. I don't know. It's it's really hard to quantify and explain because it shouldn't work, the stuff that they're doing, but it is, right? And I, 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 I don't get it, but I just hope that the community doesn't overhype them because the next tournament they go into, right? They're in Pro League. So the next tournament that they go into, don't expect them to get out of the groups. Just expect they're them not, to they're play. They're not in Pro League. Then, oh, that's right. They turn they're it down, They're in MBL. Right? That's uh, it. They turn that but down. Yeah. It's fucking, yeah. The, the next one they're in is Cologne, sorry. Cologne, They'll be at yeah. Cologne, yeah. Um, but don't expect them to get to the playoffs. Like that, that is, should be out of the realms of possibility for them. If they get there again, then we're like, okay, that's sick. But right now, just just let it be. Let them continue to grow. They're such a young team. I think there's so many key parts of this that once it slowly fits in line, they get more experience. They get a deeper playbook. They get a better understanding of how to play against Europeans. They're a legit team. But right now, they're not like a playoff team at every tournament they attend. At least that's my opinion. I mean, overall, this tournament was was pretty rough for anyone trying to predict anything. I think, like you guys as analysts, had, I got nothing right. You had like thirty, like overall, all for you when you when all is like added up. I think you had like thirty percent good good picks of predictions of, of winners of the of the matches because nothing kind of added up. Like everything, they saw, oh, this team beat this team, so they should beat this team. No, then. Later on, like both teams that got to the final didn't top their groups. It was energy and North. So how does that make sense? Doesn't make sense. And then both teams just like flat out lose in the in the semis. So just adding up and quantifying where Furia is is very hard. We see their playstyle, and no one really pulled off this playstyle consistently on a long basis, and that's why people. Didn't expect them to do that well in the ECS, but maybe, okay, Dreamhack ECS very close to each other, then the next event is going to be harder, right? But definitely what you also said is they have a good base. of Their their players are pretty skilled. We saw the, like, Kaser Auto getting aces on the pistol, just, like, out of nothing. Stuff like that really gives you the extra gear, even when it's a tight match. So definitely a sick team. How well and how long they will be like a top like a playoff number two team in a tournament i'm i'm not really sure definitely there's going to come a point where they have to go back to the drawing board and maybe rethink some of the things they do because as as striker said like the art thing he has some games where he just goes so aggressive and just dies and just they have to play 4v5 like the whole half and that's not really that that isn't going to give you win on a consistent basis. You're going to lose some of those games. So tweaking and finding a maybe a bit better middle ground is going to be, I think, the the key 
for them moving forward. But I hope they don't lose that identity because it's it's sick to watch. I don't think they will. Yeah, they're... I think they will still. I think they will keep like the the most basic premise of 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 how they play, which is like generally somewhat chaotic. I think they'll just figure out a little bit of a better way to utilize Art's aggression, especially on those T side. Because a lot of the time I saw him, like this one round especially sticks out to me on overpass, where they went, where they did something like what you see people do on, on Dust2 long as T, that strat where you just like have three people flashing over, over the top while one is just like watching the ground and just trying to get into the pit. Basically, they had the same strat on overpass B site where they smoked out the site. And Art just ran through short all the way on the other, all the way to the other side of the of the site, like through like three smokes or something, while people uh, like behind Monster were flashing in for him, and he just appeared in the middle of two players, all three of them, and by the way, himself too. And so if if they figure out how to how to time these some of these strats better, and just how to have somebody back him up and not and not have him die completely in vain a lot of the time and i feel like that's that's solvable on the t side i'm not so sure about the ct side i feel like there art is gonna have to look at his play a lot and figure out like okay is, is it actually worth it to be this aggressive all the time um, but on the t side i think it's solvable so so hopefully they they go that route instead of trying to figure out like a new play style for them because i think it is it is something that can work for them it's just they just need to fine-tune it a little bit and figure out how to how how to make use of art dying, um, even though it doesn't really look like it. What do you think? Are they the best Brazilian team? Like, like in the rankings, they now overtook MIBR. They have like 130 points. And, but like in the numbers, they're fifth and MIBR is 11th. But in the points, it's not that big of a difference because a lot of the teams weren't playing that much. Not yep. many big tournaments. So they could, they could theoretically come back pretty sure oh we i'm pretty sure Chad just threw a drop, we lost yeah. punch good good episode but yeah <laughs> then to you directly obviously are they the better team can we say they are the better team because there is a whole thing about the fallen interview let's say if i have i have it written down somewhere but i'm Except not sure they're, where. they're not even close to the level we can play at it's basically yeah um, might be paraphrasing a tiny bit but that's what he said but he also uh, the, the said key, key before that there. that huh? yep. he also did say something along the lines of "fuck, I lost." Give me a second. Ah, uh, what he said. He said before that he said something a bit different, a bit more like "we are the big dogs." There, like they're noobs. Ah, <laughs> uh, he says. I think there's uh, talking about Asian TV rankings. I think there's a big chance they can overcome us yeah. because of the blah blah blah. In terms of playing high-level CS, I don't think they are even close to the level we can play at yet. But I think they're on the right path. Blah, blah. Uh, and then he, and the last sentence is, I think they have a long way to, to go to achieve the level, at least I think, that we're at. Because of all that we have achieved, but we are definitely on the right path. Like, okay. By the I way... Guess, I guess in that sense, he kind of means like history-wise and, and stuff, because they obviously like have... Um, have a lot going for them with like two majors and and yeah. a butt and like a really good twenty seven. Actually, historically, well, obviously, like, like on Twitter, I saw some people like arguing. Obviously, historically, MIBR yeah. is the better team. Like there's just like even absolutely it's ridiculous no question, to even yeah. compare that. But by the way, it's a meme. How many times if if you pay attention to like MIBR interviews, 
How many yep. times they said that they're on the right path? I think even <laughs> even in this interview, they the say it twice. Like Literally every interview since they made this lineup, they say they're on the right path. Like, yeah, now after this loss, we are on the right path. Like, please stop saying that. Because I always I get tempted to put it in the title. Like, oh, this made this. This sounds like a, like yeah, a title we, material, we, right? I've heard that before, yeah. And then I remember oh, like trust. I remember this one interview with Vaughn that I had, which was like some something along the lines of like trust in the process. Maybe it was actually <laughs> YNK. I don't remember. It was last year. Uh, I think it was YNK actually, not not Vaughn. But I can, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like they they definitely need to start showing something instead of like, yeah. And I mean, what are they, what are they supposed to say in interviews, right? So it's just true, true. I can kind I mean, of understand. Especially like everyone wants to interview them because they're like big personalities. Yeah. But it's just kind of literally just figure out figured out that I have the most interviews with Fallen, like some outrageous 21, 21 interviews of with Fallen that I've done in like four years. I don't know. But what yeah, a, I've I've heard some stuff like that. I don't know what a driver power state failure is, but that's what just happened. Um, okay. So we're back. Uh, did we talk about vitality yet? Not yet. No. We can we can go over there. Vitality. Are you guys? sold because i'm not like i don't i'm not sold on the entire like on the entire team i'm sold on zebu being able to keep them where they are at this point basically because we spoke about we spoke about them last week right uh i know that the discussion about rpk did come up and and i cited the fact that you'd want to keep him because he buys into the project now i think the biggest revelation for me is alex his impact, it felt like it was a lot more than it has been to this point. I don't know uh, what, you, what your take is on it, Prof. You get the, get the numbers? I, I don't have the numbers, but I did actually think back to when he was in LDLC because when they had that Chicago run, after that event, I went and watched some of those d- demos to figure out like what was going on there. And then I remember now that then I saw like Alex being the like semi- semi in-game leader there as well because Amanek was also some sometimes calling so he's in this perpetual semi in-game leader role I see he was doing some like gimmicky uh, pushes tr- finding finding timings and stuff on the T side that I feel like he is now again allowed to do on Vitality now that he's leading the squad on the T side and that is some of the things that he's doing and finding success at but at the same time it's 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 gimmicky so i'm not really sure how long that will take be- before someone catches up on it and kind of starts countering those plays yeah against vitality i'm past criticizing alex because last time i think it was last episode where i said something along the lines of like what he i don't even know how he's getting the numbers that he's getting because like whenever i look at him he fails something and then he gets like a massive triple or something like that just like a massive play literally within the same round like he fails a backstab or something and then he gets like three insane kills off of it so i'm just like past criticizing him because but he keeps he it keeps backing out was that now as well but when now he was too, yeah, yeah this event du- well. in dust too when he like with 10 bullets at a guy CT then side? killed him was it against CT spot? yeah he was like Tico and he failed somebody in the back and then he just turned around and killed two people in mid by like yeah one tapping them was yeah, that what yeah. you were talking about yeah that's yeah, one that... of the but i i saw something like five to ten plays like that throughout the entire event and even like at the at, in dallas the same thing and in summit like i've seen alex do this like so much but i'm, I'm just past criticizing the guy because he clearly like he he knows something that i don't like he's he's able to do some stuff that i can't understand so i'm just i'm not gonna criticize him anymore 
But what I'm going to say, what I'm going to going to say is that well, I'm, what I did say last time is that it's just not sustainable in like the not with him specifically, but just like the star power on this team just lies too much on Zero because everybody else is kind of like taking turns. But Apex is too volatile in his playstyle and in just in his in, uh, in his output as well, because he just like keeps keeps doing pretty stupid peaks and and keeps uh, giving up like advantages and stuff like that. And that's like obviously not you can't look to that guy as as like the secondary star. NBK, as we saw this event, he can have like really off games and even off tournaments clearly. And that's that's another impressive part, by the way, for NBK to have an event like this. Yes, RPK was a little bit more consistent than he was previously, but then, but then obviously Zewu made up for it so much. That wasn't it's, it's wasn't hard RPK to... the MVP candidate that CSM? <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not bring that one up because we're just gonna be keep misleading people. Ah, okay. Let, just, I'll, I'll let you. Just finish. in general, like this is something that I said last time as well. I'm just I just don't see like past Zewu. I don't just don't see the star power. The problem is like Zewu is so good that he can just make up for like people going completely missing. And so that's why I think that he's just going to be able to keep them where they are. And by where they are, I mean not not in not um, in like title contention at every event. I don't think that's um, I don't think that's reasonable because like look at the, the run that Vitality had at this event. They had to beat Complexity twice, then they beat Energy, and then they beat Furia in the final. So those teams are obviously none of those teams are elite teams. Like they didn't have to prove. Um, they're better than like Astralis as Furia did, or they didn't have to to beat Liquid on the way. Obviously, they did did it at Summit, but I'm not entirely sure that they're they're going to be able to repeat that um, from event to event, or they were going to be able to 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 take down Astralis. We haven't seen that matchup yet, so we don't know. Against Ants, we saw that like, once again. That's another thing that we saw in Summit, um, but that kind of form, I'm not entirely sure that they can replicate. Um, and then at ECS, I think it was a lot of them playing against like lower opposition. That got them the win, and obviously Zero being a fucking god um, in the playoffs, especially. So, yeah, Zero definitely is going to be able to keep this team around, like contention. Maybe not consistently, but but uh, the, they're definitely here to stay. I, I think uh, the point. Well, someone in the chat, Mister Sly Pimp, is obviously French or a fan of Vitality. He, he's making a point here that they've beaten the teams put in front of them. Well, they they did lose to North in this tournament, who. Yeah. you know didn't yeah. look fantastic either um but they haven't actually the point the striker just made they haven't actually beaten anybody crazy good in a tournament where you know everyone's giving a fuck yeah. you know, summit unfortunately is not a tournament where everybody is giving a fuck so you can take what you want from their victories there that's fine um but i think uh, the, I mean, no, the only... no, the, no one is saying this victory was not deserved. We're talking about the future, like how this will work. Yeah, exactly. The That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Vitality. They, like you say, like they beat everybody that was put in front of them outside of North. But that that was obviously a game that had the potential. Basically, like losing that game gave them the the, the opportunity to 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 avoid Astralis in some sense. Obviously in the end it didn't even didn't even matter Astralis didn't even make it through, let alone from first place, which would have would have put those two against each other in the semifinals. So you also have to kind of like question how um how much vitality we're putting into that game specifically, just with the knowledge that Astralis could be on the other end if they win that. Because Astralis actually no it was the other way around. Astralis already lost the first game. So I guess Vitality would have expected Astralis to be second. So the the motivation of of placing first in your group with the 
uh, with the outlook on the semifinals where you meet Astralis is probably not great. So I'm not entirely sure how much we can look at that North series and how much uh, vitality we're, we're putting into that. Um, because yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be, I probably wouldn't um, want to have a, a potential semifinal with Astralis if I could um, have a choice in that. Obviously they, they still risked uh, not placing second, not being able to, to, to place there. Um, but yeah, Bill. I think uh, I think the most impressive thing for me, like Zywu is just a consistent point right now. It's one of those things that we're gonna not talk about. It's just gonna he's just gonna do his job and kill everybody, and you'd be like, yeah, he's sick, you know. Like obviously he's a star, but I think that Apex being consistent uh, over these last few weeks is is the most important thing for me um, because this team couldn't just function off one guy, and Apex has put up numbers consistently right in dallas he he was was good at summit he was good here he was good he was like in the top 10 here alex was number nine or something so i think the apex being consistent is one considering how his play style used to be very um streaky i think well, now, still uh, kind of is. yeah i guess it's, the but, system doesn't really allow him to be as much as he used to be, but he still has that in his blood like you can tell he still he still is over aggressive a lot of the time uh, he doesn't do it as much, especially on the T side, because he's just like uh, fit into a certain role, and, and I guess the team doesn't really allow him to to go go crazy like that. But it just you can still see him do it. It's it just doesn't happen as much, which is still a good thing. Yeah, I think that it's still the the jury's the jury's still out in terms of can they go toe to toe with the likes of Ants? Well, that beat Ants. Can they go toe to toe with the best teams in the world at a tournament? with a format that is more cutthroat than Summit. Let me be very careful with the way I speak, because there'd be a bunch <laughs> of fucking little bitches in chat who will get their... No, I mean, like, Vitality have obviously gone on a really impressive streak here in these last three events. They they won both, well, well won two out of, the, out of the three, and placed in the playoffs of the third one, where they lost to Furia with the short big time in the quarterfinals. But still, that was kind of like a... It's still playing against, like, a really gimmicky team. And, and not really um, knowing them too well. So that's that's somewhat understandable, I guess, in that sense. It's not, we're not criticizing the run that they've had. Obviously, they beat some really good teams on the way, especially at Summit, where they beat both ends and, and, and Liquid um, in pretty impressive fashion as well. So yeah, we're not taking anything away from that. We're just kind of questioning as to how let, sustainable this is in, in terms of the let just Let's just be like like clear and say teams that we think are or could be better and would beat Vitality moving forward. Liquid and Astralis. Like those teams are definitely there. And then rest of these teams are maybe not 50-50s, but like are you are you saying Vitality is a given to beat like phase? Navi. Not Navi. Navi. No. Like what who like mouse sports. Yeah, like on a, you, good, on a good day, they're just going to go toe-to-toe with these teams, right? Or on a decent day, right? And then on a good day, they're going to be beating them. Right. But, like, we expect them to um, maybe stay, like, around the top five level, but not not potentially, like, having the potential to go first at some point. I don't think that's, that's, that's a realistic expectation. Like, it's hard to see them beat Liquid, whereas I could see Na'Vi potentially beat Liquid, which seems like a fucking ludicrous thing. The problem thing here is the Zywoo but... effect, where, like, which is kind of like the, the simple effect in Navi, in, except like Vitality actually have, well maybe not maybe not now anymore with with the changes in Navi, but 
obviously with um, the previous lineup of Navi, if you look at Vitality and compare them to Navi, and let's say Zero and Simple are equal, right? And that's not even such a ridiculous uh, statement to make anymore. Like after what he did these couple of these past few events, like that's not a ridiculous statement to make to 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 equal Zyro with Simple. Sure, he probably still has a little bit to go before he reaches like the godlike level that we saw from uh, from Simple last year, but it's not that far off, honestly. So if if you look but, at those but two, there is no electronic the on vitality though. Yeah, there that's that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. They don't have an electronic like top five level player in the world, like a second one. But then again, it's kind of spread out in the in the rest, right? especially with Alex putting up the numbers that he is. So with Alex and Apex being on the level that they are at right now, that kind of makes up for an electronic and and flamey at the same time, like with the yeah. with the output that they've had. So like it's not they're not that um, that far from each other. Um, Talent-wise, so I don't think it's it's like ridiculous to uh, to say. I can't oh, believe I how many want... people are putting stock would... in fucking summer. It's honestly like dealing with a bunch of children that have been dropped down the fucking stairs on their head. I'm closing the chat. There's a bunch of dumb cunts out today. <laughs> anyway, well, the thing is, like, we're not saying uh, it's hard to see them beat uh, Liquid in the past. We're talking about in the future at big tournaments when people take them more seriously, when people take those tournaments more seriously. That's just our opinion, obviously, if you don't agree. Fair enough. But that's why we're here, to give our opinions, right? So that's that's more or less it. Uh, but yeah, I disagree with you on the on the thing that I think if, as you said, Apex has a bit of a downward period, and then people kind of figure out what Alex is doing on the T side and start countering that. And if Alex doesn't have that impact that he has now, Vitality will struggle not not only against these teams, the Liquid Astralis ends, but against teams that are below that that we mentioned before as well. But that's that's it, my opinion. All right, we're going to start ramping the speed of this shit up because we're already close to two hours, even though we started a little bit late and we had some tech issues. We honestly don't even have that much to talk about anymore, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. It's probably going to wrap itself up very quickly. We're going to go and talk about the miners now. If you're not keeping track, Windigo are getting their asses fucking beaten into the ground. Look, one thing, one thing that I'm just going to, I'm just going to mm. highlight right now: the CIS Manacles qualifier has almost ended. I think one one match is left to go, or is it's actually underway now with um, Unique and Not Bad. I think it's Not Bad. Not yeah, bad. yeah. That's the Unique one. and Not Bad as his last match. But well, let's just let's just some read random the random team basically that made it through. The let's just read the, the names, the names of the players that beat Windstrike. Windstrike. And Windstrike is, the, of course, The point bonding. is, Windstrike just, just got eliminated by Warthax, right? So, yeah, go on. Warthax. It's Minse, like Minis, but without the I. There's Problem. There's Gospodarov. Flash underscore one. And Jackpot. Just eliminated Windstrike from the minor qualifier. So, they're not going to the minor qualifier. Windstrike, crucially, having Edward, having just added Edward, um, switched Boomage for Edward, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, curious. Definitely curious in that respect. Also, Vega Squadron didn't make it. It's something I tweeted earlier. Uh, they lost yeah, but to... They I forgot suck. about who they lost to. Vega lost to Dream Eaters. Another oh, yeah, Dream Eaters. CIS squad. That they have this same lineup for like a year and they've been like top 50 consistently. But top 50 consistently. 60, something like that. Yeah, Vega Squadron is, is pretty much out of the question at this point. 
Astralis's roster has had uh, Astralis's roster. Why did I say Astralis? Yeah, I don't uh, know. Hold up a second. Vega Squadron's roster has had some significant uh, decreases in firepower recently. So, yeah. 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 That's uh, that's a big reason as to why it's not the Vega that we might remember, unfortunately. Um, so who who do we have qualifying Europe... so far? It's Spirit, Namiga, Force. Force. Is, I, I'm excited to see them. Obviously, best team in CIS. Simon, not the best, but cool team. Simon, Dream Eaters, Gambit Youngsters made it. Warthogs, and now it's the, la the last game between Unique and Not Bad, which should go to Unique, which is also kind of a decent mixture, CIS mix. Yeah, the thing is, like, CIS is so deep with players. There'd be so many players that we've never even heard of before as well, just because of, like, it just always feels that like they're just pumping names out of there. Like a factory. The, the, this not bad team has a guy that's named That Who Came. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like uh, you know that right? player Undo? That that's what I want to do with the, this guy's nickname. Okay. Like, just my CS <laughs> nicknames joke. <laughs> that was a good one. I like that. Uh, that's like gays with that team, by the way. It's not bad. It's just like as one of the we got all the teams for the Asian minor now as well, right? So we've got energy coming in from uh, South, uh, yeah, South Africa. Tai Lu and Five Power with the two names to come through the China Qual. Uh, Kaze yeah, Vichy and... got upset over there. Yeah, so that's a that's a big one. Five Power has just for those who are playing at home, um, they have uh, Bottle Savage, Shooter Pie, Viva, and uh, Zaus Zausage, I believe. Cho, I don't know. Whatever, well, however we're pronouncing that guy's name. Uh, there was upsets, obviously, in Australia slash New Zealand as well. We had Greyhound. I think we already touched on this. Greyhound and then Avant actually beat Order, MVPPK, yeah. Alpha Red, and the FFA mix with the, the FPL. Five Power, by the way, is basically like, for those of you who didn't really watch the, like, the, 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 the I guess, lower tier Chinese changes, it's actually a, quite a pretty new team that came from uh, from Savage's old team, like a kind of like a combo of those two teams, like from Five Power with, Sav with uh, Bottle and Viva. Um, staying from there, and then adding a couple. Oh, of Five Power is now a fully Chinese team. Yeah, I didn't even see this. They, they yeah, used they to be like a that's, that's a pretty Mongolians. recent change. This is like maybe a couple of months ago. Yeah, I totally disregarded this happening. Yeah, and first of May when they changed it. Yeah, and then we've obviously saying. we've obviously got the uh, the European one that's on right now. Uh, so no chances playing North right now. Windigo versus Ancient. It's double elimination bracket for those who aren't too too aware of the scenario but we did say that when we spoke about this last time we didn't see any upsets happening well ancient are about to take a map convincingly off windigo right but we didn't expect too many upsets we thought maybe there'd be one i didn't think it'd be windigo losing to ancient i know there's a chance for them still to stay in the tournament but that's a it's a pretty bad loss to kick yeah. things off isn't it i mean it's a it's just the first map so but it's their, the their pick though yeah Windigo is pretty decent on on overpass though. That's coming up next, so it's not it's not the end of the road yet. But I think North losing to no chance as well. I don't know if we mentioned that. I didn't. What's the score? Nine six for no yeah, chance. It's not. It's not Raj. Nothing. Yet. Nothing massive. Obviously, it's just saying uh, there's I guess some potential there. I mean, in my we we all said that like the invited teams are pretty favored to make it through, but. Obviously, I feel like it's pretty mad. Like the disparity is pretty massive, honestly. Between yeah, but the top someone and is someone half. is gonna mess up. Like some yeah, some yeah. of these. And for for me, Big was the obvious choice, and they had a tough time against Sprout. Actually, like the last game, the last map came down to the wire, sixteen thirteen. And I think 
they are still like in danger of going out. And Sprout and Ancient are the two teams I think could could do something, and maybe No Chance as well. They have some good players. I got faith in uh, Stika. Obviously. He's going to get it done. He will get it done. All right, so that's about it for the miners, right? There's not too much else going on. North America. Yeah, and is going to start, fit. right? Yeah. Asia and CIA is already determined. Europe basically already they've just started, as we said. And NA is like two two days from now or something, like close qualifier. I think it's the 12th where it starts. Yeah, yeah. 12th to 14th. So in a couple of days, the close qualifier yeah. in NA is going to start. Yeah, Furia is flying back for that and then flying back to Europe for the Moke. That, has, a, that has like a pretty decent club, a bunch of teams as well there. Like that's Furia, Energy, uh, Cloud9 obviously. Uh, attack, the um, South African team, Envy, Luminosity, Singularity. Is that pronounced United. Attack, ATK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they pronounce it Attack. Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure it is. Didn't know that. I saw, I saw it somewhere that, they, that, that that's how they pronounce it. Yeah, this is actually like fairly competitive for an NA minor, decent, minor yeah. qualifier, especially because six teams go through. It's not eight because two oh, yeah, are for right. the South Americans, and there are obviously South Americans here as well. So triggering the NA, the lower tier of NA, obviously with with that. But get yeah, good. I mean, there's even team like Bad News Bears who I, I guess has like some some upset potential and team one there, obviously a Brazilian team. So it's still like pretty decent actually. Yeah. It could be some upsets there for sure. Like we probably expect Furia Energy and even Cloud9 for how, uh, however bad yeah. they've been to to go through without too much too many problems. The bracket didn't come out, so I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It's fairly well it's gonna seated. Be, it's going to be well seated because it's the yeah, It's well seated, so it shouldn't be. It's, you need to win three best of threes, I guess, to go through. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how it is with six teams. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think pretty sure that's how it is. So I mean, if Cloud9 don't make it through, and these like top teams like Fury as well, it's gonna be rough for them. But could happen though. You never know with these NA online online shit. That's where the North Americans do their best work. But yeah, uh, okay, that's okay, a nice yeah. little segue onto the the next two topic. Well, the next topic that we have it's about DreamHack Open Summer and uh, how are we pronouncing this. Moke is Moke. I have no idea. Like a K. I don't think uh, it's a ch in no, no, no. Not in Portuguese. Not in Portuguese. But let's start with uh, let's start with the one going on for DreamHack Summer. Obviously, a staple of the calendar. Yonshaping quite a, a seasoned place, but the teams here. This is. Are you are you missing not going to Yonshaping for the big event with all of the all of the people there and the BYC? Is that the uh, best place to be? Uh, look, it's it's always good fun. Uh, but here's here's a statement. And uh, this is one that I think people really should should acknowledge and, and understand. I think the most important tournaments in the entire structure of Counter-Strike right now, I don't mean in the history of Counter-Strike, I don't mean like in terms of uh, obviously the major that's immune from this whole topic that I'm talking about right now. I think the most important tournaments that we have at the moment are the DreamHack Opens because that is the... DreamHack Opens have realized that they can't compete with the big boys anymore and they've geared themselves towards the tier 2, tier 3 market. And that is actually some of the most important places for teams to be for the springboarding of their careers and younger players, etc. So I think that DreamHack is doing a fantastic job with the Opens and I hope they keep it up because they're offering a very good experience for a lot of these names. Now the names we have going into summer are 
Group A, Aristocracy, Taz's team, they just beat fucking VP in the Polish Championship or some shit, right? Yeah, I'm just going to say, just to support your, um, what you said, right? Just to name some of the DreamHack Open winners from, like, let's say last year. Hans won winter, Vitality won before that, and then Plana. Two teams that now that are now in the top five, by the way, and would not come back to the DreamHack Open, probably, uh, after that. Since they're in the top five and get invites to basically everything now, thanks to that. Um, then going further further back, that's like North. Obviously, they really went there just to get get a win. Uh, but Space Soldiers won one as well um, in Austin last year. And Imp- Imperial, who are now uh, a, a large part of Valiance, yeah. crazy whatever. Um, so yeah, like a lot of these uh, a lot of these teams that won last year are now in a in a much bigger better spot after those those accomplishments. So just supporting what you said. Um, about the importance of DreamHack Opens. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's one that goes under the radar, and, and people should probably start uh, start giving it a little bit more notoriety. But uh, where are we at with these groups? Where are we at? I said uh, Aristocracy, Avangar, Tricked, and Windstrike is Group A, and Group B is Ancient, Chaos, Optic, and Crazy. I think the teams with the most to lose here is probably avant-garde and, sure. and, and optic they probably have the most to lose at least in name and notoriety um anything that teams like ancient and chaos are doing you know if they make it to the playoffs then they've done fantastically well i'd probably say the same for tricked and and wind strike um because i think i actually think taz's team aristocracy is, is pretty pretty good um i think that that dha guy is is a, is a good is a good player rallon obviously um, so maybe we do. I have this a lot of making this. up to do though, as well. That's true. They haven't they looked do. very good in the past, like let's say month or so. They didn't make it to the to the close qualifier at the minor. So they that's did a big, big loss, didn't they? Yeah. Well, uh, looking at these two groups. Before we go into that, do you want to hear a funny factoid? I would love okay. to. So this is DreamHack Open Summer. They obviously have a qualifier, and. They have a close qualifier through which one team qualifies. And that team was Valiance, now crazy. And after that, they invited, like, they had an, and a Swedish qualifier for Ancient, and then six teams were invited. And the teams that were invited are Windstrike, that finished second in that qualifier, and Trick, that finished fifth to eighth in that qualifier, and as well as, like, Chaos, that are ranked, like, 35th in the world. Essentially, Valiance played the qualifier and are the highest ranked team. The one that qualified got qualified and are the highest ranked team at the tournament. Is that by by a little bit, isn't it? Like outside of Avangar, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, all of the other teams are not in the like uh, like bottom top 30. Yeah, Avangar is 16, crazy 17, and the rest is like top 30 at best. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I enjoy these factors. (laughs) (laughs) That is a mess. Let's let's pick overall winners here. Who we got? Wow. Okay. Um, DreamHack Open, right? You're talking yeah. about overall winner, not just groups. Overall winner. Picking um, the whole thing. Fuck the groups. Let's go for all the marbles. So for me, it's it's between Crazy. Valiance, Avangar, and Optic. I'm not I'm not referring to them with this name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Until they sue me for like. Uh, something then i'll have be forced did, did the news with snappy was that ever official or did it just kind of happen that is not still official optic are pushing 
the record on how many matches on HLTV they can play with a new player before officially announcing him as a player. So Tessa <laughs> is playing instead of Snappy for like Well, let's, let's three think weeks about now. how much is on the line for Optic right now uh, because they just got sold to Immortals. And for those of you who are unaware, it's not the Counter-Strike team. Right? Isn't, it, isn't it unofficial? It's done. I can, is, it, I, it's, is it official? It's not, it's not announced, but it's like officially unofficial. As, as official as an unofficial can be. It's 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 done. Um, so w- the Counter Strike team, assumably, will have to be sold. Uh, yes, because they have or... Immortals, SK, not SK. I mean, MIBR is the same yeah. company. Now I don't know how that all works. I'm not really business savvy. That's why I'm not very rich um, and work myself into the ground. But um, I think that this is important for them to get a victory here to be like, hey, look. You know, we can win these type of tournaments where somebody that an org should be looking to to pick up if anyone's interested. Um, I, I think it's important for them to win or at least, you know, make it to a finals kind of appearance. Uh, I, if I was just going to have to throw a dart at it and, and, and guess who's going to win the whole thing, I, I get on board the Avangar hype train still. Fuck it. They haven't really... They, they won uh, Rio, right? They beat yeah. uh, Fury in the final yeah. of Rio. So there's no reason that they can't can't come through and do, do another one here off the back of old boy Jame. Who got striker? I'm just toying with this with this idea to just go all in on somebody like Winstreak, but I'm not gonna do it. I feel like it's between Crazy and Avangar, and I'm gonna go just to go against you. I'm gonna go with Crazy. I'm I not, think I'm not sure. I, I think, think in this think definitely like in game contention there. I just I just have been burned too much when talking about that team. To put them in, in a favorite position for anything ever until they they prove me otherwise. So I'm just gonna go crazy. <laughs> yes, I I just. Said that. Why is this? Why is this name <laughs> real? Why? No, I'm I am definitely. If I if I have to back one team, it's Avangar. Like their playstyle, the boring, new CI style, which is just like waiting around and Jane baiting as fuck getting 70,000 <laughs> exit kills. He's, he's a little... Uh, that that will destroy uh, Valiance. And I think they have That gives them You think they're going to go mad from that? No. They're, <laughs> they're not going to be able to be deal with it? I didn't, I, didn't, yeah, I didn't want to say that. Uh, so yeah. For me, it's Avangar, Optic, Optic. I think those two teams. Optic, I think, is fairly okay now with MSL. Back on, on in charge, not back in charge, but in charge of a Danish team. Other than that, I don't think these teams. I don't think Aristocracy is that good. Uh, they struggle so much in the online qualifiers. Chaos, no. Ancient is okay as well. Windstrike obviously showed now that they're kind of shit and then tricked. They're just a te- like a Kunden teams build, building talent, but they're not gonna win this. So that's it. GG boys, let's go next. All right. So and by the way, cool. has anybody mm-hmm. noticed? I just noticed now that the crazy logo kind of looks like a bench. It looks like a four without. Well, the... yeah, kind of like a four. It's a as four well, without. Like look fucking... at it. Look at it as a bench, though. I see what you're talking about. So what? It's, what are you trying just, to say? Are they just, bench? No, I'm just just making an observation. I'm not trying. It doesn't to look. Buy it looks like shit. That's how it looks like. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! All right. All right. Let's move on. Uh, the, this is going to be the final topic. Uh, the viewers can fuck off with their questions. They all win a bunch of. Why are you always doing that to the viewers? Um, so 
this bad boy here is going down in Portugal. I believe it happened last year as well, right? This is yes. this tournament isn't the first time. So the two thousand R won it, right? Yeah, yeah I think or so. SK, but it happened right? happened later in the year, didn't it? No, it was, MI it was it was already MIBR. It was the, their first event as MIBR. I think it was their last as SK because SK didn't want to pay them the boot camp. That was the thing, so they went over to Portugal, and SK was giving the boot camp area to the uh, oh, NPC right. guys. You're right, that was the thing. Right, you're right. It wasn't. They weren't there. They played against else. Hellraisers, and it was pretty packed. It looked like a pretty sick tournament. Like Portuguese fans are obviously fucking insane, so that's that's good. Everyone said it was pretty good. It wasn't even last. It was that before Belo Horizonte, actually. It was Mocha and then Belo Horizonte, and then they switched over to MIBR. All right, well, th this time around, we have six teams. And the six teams are for everybody playing We only home. have five. Yeah, because that has a local qualified team, right? That has to come through, I believe. I guess, I'm not I sure know. if that's if I, I I think I've read that somewhere. I'm not certain. Yeah, yeah, it's some WGR Masters League Portuguese flag. So yeah. something. So I guess let's presume it's I've Giants. I've got Giants. Giants probably kick Giants, offsets yeah. and GTZ Bulls. Bulls yeah. Post Jesus. Christ. Let's let's say Giants. Okay. So we got we got Big Furia Gamer Legion, the team that we won't talk about until they get good again, and Windigo, and then assumably Giants. So, um, oh, Jesus Christ! I kind of like one, I kind of like the gamer legion aspect of this, just to just to kind of see them play offline because we haven't up until now, if I'm not mistaken. We saw them at the uh, the Charleroi, right? That's oh yeah, that's right. They were yes, yes, they got destroyed yeah. or something. It was a while back though. This is like three months. Fuck that! This ago, tournament is like about Furia showing they can beat underdogs. Yes. And that's it. That's it. And maybe big demonstrating that Dennis, they're, they're, them picking up Dennis to be the main opera was a bad decision and going back on it and doing something else. <laughs> that's the potential okay. you're looking for? You want, to, you want that to happen? That is, the, that is the potential. Like, that is not. Like, I watched the. Did you watch any of the Sprout uh, big uh, things? No, I didn't. I, no, I didn't catch it. I just it saw one movement from, from Dennis that told me, like, this guy is not an opera. Like, the. the the thing he did is a thing you do with a, with a rifle, and that's perfectly fine. And it was like some sort of a 3v3, you're in the uh, semi in the bomb site, you're not in the bomb site, there's some stupid smoke there. He just goes and like peeks around the smoke and like you don't do that with op. You have to you have to kind of bait your, your teammates sometimes. And he is still in that rifler mindset, I feel like, and I don't think Mate, they're still paying smoothie, so they may as well just fucking like they can use them for the major, right? But they can't use them for Cologne because he's locked, I think, with the ESL stuff. Or for Pro League, they can't use them, but they can't can use them. I don't think they Cologne. can use them for Pro League. They could probably use them for Cologne. Yeah, I'm not I sure how that works. I'm not. I'm not sure either. But I, I think you're right there. Those are the really only storylines of this whole situation because if you look at the other names, Virtus Pro are on a long rebuilding process. If they can even get anywhere with it, right? Like, there's been some some signs of life out of the newer additions they've added to the team. Like, they've looked okay, but they're obviously considering the type of counter they're playing. Windigo, uh, I, I was. A I mean, they're hyped. okay. They're okay, yeah. but they're not. They're, there's nothing that exciting about them after that WSG. They didn't follow it up with anything. They didn't have that many chances though. But they had a few, a few, and they missed them. So. Dallas, obviously, they had the the hundred uh, the stand-in situation with the Calix, uh, which was a little bit of a problem. Yeah. But um, I think that 
it'd be good if they could have another solid tournament here. So it, it's like you said, I think it, if they want to build on that, which was a long time ago now, they need to get to the final here. Furia need to, to, like you said, be able to beat teams that they should clearly be better than. The rest of it is just a bit of a shit show. It's it's not really drawing too many big names to this one. So it's it, it, all in all, it's it's underwhelming even for a, a tier two team, a tier two tournament in my mind. I think it can be like for. It, I feel if, like it could be decent. Like they can break competition like between them because that like. What outside of Fiera, yeah, yeah. what do we know? Like, what's going to happen there? Like, I, we, think... I guess we expect Fiera to win, but like, do we do we have a clear second favorite for that event? We don't. I'd probably just say well, it may be big, just yeah, off principle. But... Oh, still... all in all, for like an outside viewer, not that exciting. I guess if this is a tournament that for it's Lisbon, right? Yeah. yeah, if they can bring a big crowd for this, then it makes a sense for them to have a tournament like this. Why not? Good shit. But it's not something that's going to change. It's not going to change the ranking. It's not going to be bigger in that term, in that type. Like for Furia, if they win this, they're not going to be jumping or even like sustaining their top five on the basis of this. So it's just like a cool to have CS around the world event. And then if something out of the ordinary happens, we can build on that as a as a storyline. All right. Well, does anyone else have anything they want to say? Because I think we're going to wrap this one up. We had a lot of technical issues this evening. We had a lot of problems, a lot of dramas. But some people uh, have been fired. We, we got through it, and uh, that that's about it. So everyone good? All right. The producer is not good. <laughs> I have to say, no Striker won the fantasy. Oh, by three we points. Fuck, how did, how did I never mention that? How did you that won happen? the fantasy. Congratulations, Striker. It was the worst ever played the, by this. It was this. not a win that I deserved. Like, I won the fantasy having Art and a BK, both of whom barely broke 0.85. You literally won because Yuri didn't even get the plus three for the... Like, if you play badly, you get the plus three bonus. Like, if you play, like, absolute shit, then you get the minus three, and you beat me for three points. So... Yeah. That you got that bonus how bad our players three points over me exactly and I then by the way just and by the way final. sponge yeah exactly sponge based on zero going 82 plus or 81 plus in that grand final and me prop going minus 35 or something basically that uh helped you helped you if you, almost if you didn't up. if you didn't pick forest if you had someone that didn't even play if that was even possible instead of forest you had some like zero player even if you had somebody like nbk you would have won like yeah. you just had to have somebody who didn't go zero point five rating basically. Forest minus hundred points. Minus one hundred. Don't love points. to Jesus. see it. You definitely don't love to see it. People are asking in chat when we're when we're doing our next fantasy or the next show. The problem we have right now is the travel time for Pro League. So we might try and work it out for the weekend. Uh, but DreamHack Summer is going to be on at the same time, so it's going to get a little bit a little bit messy. Um, worst case, we'll we'll bring you something. If everything pans on out and I can get decent internet, maybe we can do it Monday before uh, yeah. before we kick off Tuesday. Maybe but... we can schedule around the DreamHack when this. We'll see what the we we don't have any schedules yet published, so hard at the at the moment. And once again, as always, head over to anchor.fm slash HLTV. You can get all the podcasts over there of the audio variety. Uh, listen to them, and uh, you know maybe enjoy our voices and sleep and, and all those kind of cool things but we're I mean, going to you're closed. not enjoying our faces this week anyway so well they're enjoying yeah. your face 
uh, for like the last half hour maybe so we're going to shut this one down we're going to go back we're going to hire we're going to clone lucas so we can have uh, multiple different producers working on the show at the same time thank you for joining us and we'll be back next time peace Thank you.